This is the BB Cast with Eileen and Anna, talking about fitness, lifestyle, and anything BB related. Bubble butt, yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Eileen, and I'm Anna. And to start off, we would like to wish everyone a happy new year. It's been a couple weeks, a couple days. Since the Happy New Year, but uh, since this is coming up a little bit later, you will have to get an after congratulation to the New Year. Hopefully, it isn't as shitty as it was <laughs> last year. Exactly. Hope we can make this a better one, um, and we can start off this year very great because we have one of the best guests I think we could ever have. It's our own Eggy, who is a moderator on this server as well. So we all know her. And we know that she's very fond of a certain topic. So please introduce yourself, Jess. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jessica, but most of you guys probably know me as Eggy on the server. Um, it's a really great honor to be able to be part of this podcast and uh, just talk a little bit about self-love and self-care today. So I'm excited. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Elin, what is she going to talk about? Yes, today we're going to talk about how to get a better understanding of why self-love and self-care is so important, as well as how to implement it to your life. Before we start, we would like you to know that everything we talk about is based on our own opinions and experiences. If you do need advice on your health or fitness journey, please consult a health professional. Also, the chat is open for you to ask questions related to the topic we will be discussing today. We will answer around five of them at the end of this episode. Yeah, so self-love. Um, it's a topic that we probably all have heard about at least at some point, but we might have some different ideas about what it is, and it's quite a difficult concept. So, Jess, can you explain uh, what self-love is exactly? Yeah, of course. So I think there are lots of different definitions of self-love and it's um, kind of a personal uh, depending on your the individual. But in a generalized statement, self-love is a state of appreciation for yourself um, that manifests from actions that support our physical and emotional growth. And I think that something that's important to emphasize on is self-love is a dynamic kind of thing, right? It grows through activities that empower us, make us feel good about ourselves. And when we act in ways that expand self-love in us, we start to accept ourselves more fully. So not only our weaknesses, as well as our strengths. Um, and I feel like once you uh, start practicing self-love on a regular basis and you start uh, accepting yourself more, there is less of a need to explain our shortcomings and we have more compassion for ourselves as human beings um, who, are who are still trying to find our personal meaning, right? We're more centered in our life purposes and um, our values. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Like, we really do need more self-love these days. Everyone's inside and crampled up and doing nothing, not really taking care of themselves because they don't really need to since they're at home. But it's a basic human need that you really do need, both mentally and physically, in order to like stay true to yourself and not indulge into weird, bad habits that starts with lacing around at home just because the uh, all of this lockdown is going on. Yeah, and I also think, especially in this uh, yeah fast-paced society, that we tend to forget about ourselves and are very focused on, well, goals and time management, stuff like that. And I think a lot of us don't even really know what self-love is. Maybe as a child, of course, you did everything that you thought was uh, the right thing to do for you and you were having fun playing outside. But as we grow older, I think uh, our mindset comes swift or shifts more towards productivity and less towards uh, yeah, self-love, for example. Um, but as we... Yeah, now I've talked a bit about this. I guess we might have our own ways of practicing self-love right now. Eggy, what do you actually do? Sorry, Eggy. I mean, Jessica. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, do we want to talk about like um, 
examples yes. of it or are you asking me personally? Yeah, just tell us what you are doing uh, for self-care and self-love. Yeah, so I would say on a daily basis, um, I really like doing skincare. So it's just a, a simple and easy way for me to add on a little bit of self-care and um, kind of be conscious that I'm doing something that's only benefiting me. And I think that a lot of times when you do self-care, it can feel a little bit uh, indulgent, but that's the whole point of self-care, right? Is to do something that only benefits you and kind of um, be conscious of that you're taking your care, that you're taking care of yourself. And lately I've been trying to get into, you know, guided meditations and um, doing yoga and just adding things onto my routine that I normally wouldn't do um, as kind of like a, a self-care treatment. But yeah, what do you guys do? Yeah, like for me, like just as you said, I try to do a lot more like new things that I haven't done before. I also started doing yoga recently. We're actually doing the same program, surprisingly. <laughs> and like for me, I just try to like make sure that whatever I'm doing during the day, even though I have a lot of school and a lot of things are going on on the side, I still make sure to take some time off to just uh, th think about myself and like be a little bit selfish and be like what do I want to do today even though it might be stressful and everything might be hard and do like that I will always be like is there anything that I want to do today to feel to feel loved <laughs> by myself etc what about you Anna? Well I think one of the misconceptions of self-love might be that it has to be something that you do on your own um, but as most of you probably know, I live on my own right now. So that could mean that everything I do on my own means I'm taking care of myself. And of course I am because I'm making myself dinner and showering and stuff like that. But yeah, you can just zone out very easily and not really be um, conscious of what you're actually doing. So what I try to do is really book in bed before I go to sleep and then uh, already shut my phone off before I actually go read that book so it's actually some real me time and as I talked about before as well I also do some skincare uh, whenever I feel like it I bought this mask that you put on your face and then after 10 minutes you go and take a shower and you wash it off and on the nights that I do that I feel really calm afterwards and sometimes I also try to meditate do guided meditation as well um, but it really depends on what I feel like so I really try to just listen to my body and what I want to do um, and yeah, follow whatever I feel like doing at that moment. Yeah, I feel like regarding self-love, a lot of people understand like that it exists. However, there can be a lot of like misconceptions regarding it. Do you have any examples to like elaborate on it, Jessica? Yeah, so I think that one of the biggest misconceptions about self-love and self-care is um, it gets confused a lot with narcissism or having a big ego. Um, loving yourself doesn't mean that you know you think that you're perfect and that you're without any flaws. Um, actually, when you love yourself, you accept your weaknesses and appreciate your shortcomings as something that makes you you know human, a person, um, and it's something that you can learn and grow from. Um, I think that self care is also uh, a continuous thing. So I talked. Uh, um, earlier about how it's dynamic. Um, I don't think that, I think that in our society, we focus a lot on materialism. So it's good to, you know, treat yourself or buy that pair of shoes that you really wanted or buy clothes that make you feel good. But I don't want self-love and self-care to be confused, or at least in this podcast, I don't want the message to be confused that um, self-love self is buying things for yourself. Um, because that's a very short-term solution. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, after you have that thing that you really want over time, that kind of uh, satisfaction goes away really quickly. Um, and I think that also in our society, um, self-care isn't really something that's taught, right? Um, oftentimes we deal with the aftermath of what goes wrong. So we do damage control, you know, learning what happens when you don't do self-care uh, versus learning what we can do to make it right. So focusing on prevention and healing. Um, yeah. Can I don't I, know if that answered your question. <laughs> it definitely did, I think. 
Um, can I ask you, how did you become so knowledgeable on this topic? Did you do your own research? Did you have help with this, maybe? Yeah, of course. That's a great question. Um, on a personal level, I think that when I was in middle school and high school, I was pretty insecure. Um, I'm first generation Asian American, and I grew up in a very white, suburban, small town. And I think that for the longest time, I just didn't really feel like I belonged anywhere. And I didn't feel like I belonged to myself even. And it wasn't until, I want to say college, that I started surrounding myself with people who not only had the same background as me, but also had similar struggles in identity and self-image. And um, I'm also in the healthcare field. So my major is biochemistry. Um, but I also have concentrations in neuroscience, psychology, and I've been working in um, a local hospital for quite some time now and working with um, mental health and psychiatry. So um, at least in my field, we spend a lot of time focusing on um, image and identity and those kinds of things that are so prevalent to um, what makes you like um feel good about yourselves, you know, and um, your emotional and mental well-being is so vital to your physical well-being. So uh, I think it just developed from my own personal journey of trying to figure out who I am and where I belong in the world. That must have been such a journey. And I really admire how you have taken all the circumstances and turned them around for something that really benefits for you. Um, what I wanted to add to this is, of course, you did most of this then by yourself or by uh, doing research as well. But if some people who are listening right now feel like they cannot get on this journey themselves or don't know where to start, of course, it's always okay to ask a professional or yeah, just go to your doctor if you feel like you are neglecting your own mental health, for example. Just wanted to add that. Yeah, exactly. Just let Anna said. So... Anyways, going back to self-love, even though like we all know that self-love is such an important thing and we are really, really, really trying to stress it these days. I mean, everyone's getting better and everyone's trying, especially on social media. But why is it that self-love for yourself is so difficult? What do you think? I think that... Um at least for me, you know, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, self-love can feel like a very time-consuming thing. And you already have so many things going on in your schedule and you're like, oh, I just don't have enough time. I'm doing okay. I don't really need it. Um, and, you know, making yourself a priority can be really difficult. It takes practice. And um, I think it also comes down to maybe deeper or inner rooted insecurities where you don't think that you deserve it, you know, or external validation is easier. It feels more gratifying, at least in the beginning, for someone to compliment you and tell you, hey, you're doing a good job, than for you to tell yourself that. Um, like, if you ask yourself, when's the last time that you really um, said, like, I'm proud of you to yourself? You know, it's probably, probably been a while or maybe not even that. So I think it's just something that is not really taught in our society we're taught to uh, want to impress others in a way like get that kind of validation from other people inter instead of um, figuring out how to do that internally so it's yeah. hard um, it's really hard and also comparing yourself to others I can imagine that that's also quite a big uh, yes hurdle for some people because you can see that other people are um, not doing this at all or are actually doing so much more that you feel like you cannot reach that level or that you might feel like you are doing too much and people will think you are uh, uh, how do you call this narcissistic or something yeah especially like during these these times like with the social media and everything you're like everyone like if you've seen like every 11 year old or 10 year old you always see them walking around with a phone and they're on youtube and they're on instagram and everything and you're constantly like shown all of these like good looking people and people that like you start to compare yourself intentionally that you're not really trying to it but for some reason you always bat an eye at it and be like and you're like why wouldn't I why won't I look like that or why am I not that person etc and 
that's really like society's fault at, at all because we all started this and um i don't know where i'm going with this no yeah but i i get your point and i think it's um it's very true that you're that people these days are comparing themselves to others quite a lot but also the other way around um that you're feeling afraid that people might judge you for what you are actually doing so um yeah you are worried about what people will think of you or will say about you because you are taking some time for yourself and maybe not going to that party with your friends because you feel like you need that time for yourself or uh yeah stuff like yeah. that and this can also be put into like religion and countries everything is just so different around in the world so there's not really an easy way to just like say that this is what's making you you like think like that stop it it's like really really difficult and you have to just like find it out yourself yeah exactly so you talked a bit about uh, consistency and the progress on the long term, uh, Jess, that it might take some time to actually get to a routine or a feeling that you're actually working for yourself. Can you expand a bit on that, the time and consistency? Yeah, of course. So I think the thing about um, self-love and self-care is it's just the same as a habit, right? It's not going to be an overnight process. You can't just do one skincare night and be like, all right, I'm done. Like, this is my self-care for the year. Oh, um, that's it me. takes time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my skin is good. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Like, I'm done. <laughs> um, it takes time to reframe your mindset and unlearn any unhealthy, unhealthy coping mechanisms that you've developed from being, you know, on autopilot or survival mode for years. Um, it's a practice and it's a lot like building a muscle, right? Like, um, I think that everyone in the server um, likes fitness or is interested in fitness. And we all know that it takes consi- consistent time and energy, but you know, in the end, it's totally worth it. And once you start opening yourself up to self-care and really taking the time to hone in on um, the things that need a little bit more intention, it can help you reconnect with yourself and what you really want out of your life. And that also comes with discipline, right? Just like with anything, just like with any other habits, Um, the only person that can give you everything is yourself and it takes a lot of time and patience and dedication to really cultivate that habit that may not be uh, something that comes natural to you. So would you then say that you are already at this point that it's actually a routine or a habit for you or are you still working towards that? I think that I'm still working towards it definitely. Um, I would say that this past year you know being in quarantine really helped me slow down. Um, You know, being a full-time student and working and being part of student organizations, a lot of the times it's just go, go, go. You know, like I'm the type of person where I always like to be busy. I always like having something to do. Um, That's just the type of person I've always been. But I think that when quarantine really happened, it made me stop and be like, wow, I really suck at taking care of myself. (laughs) So that's something that I'm trying to be better at you know, this upcoming year. And um, I think that the first step in self-love and self-care is just being honest with yourself and being conscious that, hey, you know, maybe these things need a little bit more attention and I'm not giving it the energy that it deserves. Um, As we've stressed before, uh, it takes around at least 66 days before you make a habit. And it's it's not guaranteed that you will keep going for like, 66 days like streaked so trying to make something do something directly and just try and try and try it's just like it takes 66 days to make a habit so trying to get a face mask and then try to be like fancy and love yourself the next day you're doing great sweetie however it won't like you won't change in just like one day it will it will take a while but just know that once it's a habit you will do it like without even thinking about it. And there's a lot of people, like a lot of people that we see outside that are externally supporting you. And as we said before, you need to love yourself. But if you have support from the outside, you will feel better about it also since external support is a trigger as well. Yeah, and I think that this server can be, of course, very big help for that. So I think with that you can say that at least uh, you too, because I haven't really started yet, are quite big ac- uh, advocates for 
mental health and self-love. So if any of you have questions, feel free to ask them or ask me um, anything, of course. Um, so as I said, I have not been that good at practicing self-love every day yet. It's probably because I'm all alone every day anyways. Um, so yeah, it's just, it would be another thing that I do on my own and I'm okay with that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've ne never really felt the need to actually do that. Maybe for me, it's more uh, a mental thing that I actually just uh, allow myself to have the thoughts and emotions that I have. Maybe that's also a form of self-love. I'm not quite sure, um, but yeah, it can cultivate in several different ways, but why is it so important to practice self-love then? Because right now I, I know that I maybe should, but I don't really understand yet why. What, what are the benefits? Right, that's a, a great question. And I think that um, to best ex answer your question, I'm going to give you a quick analogy. So I think that with self-care, you shouldn't wait until conditions become adverse to make a change. Right. So think about it as a car. You know, you have a car and every couple of months you need to get an oil change or you need to get a tune up or you need to take it into the shop and make sure that, you know, it's running smoothly and everything's OK. Right. And I think that um, a lot of times we live life by just driving the car and being like, all right, like everything's fine. It's driving. It works. Um, I don't really need to do anything else to it. And then let's say that you um, don't get an oil change in a while or you don't do your like yearly tune-up or anything like that. Um, what's going to happen is that even though the car is running okay and that it's, you know, like starting or whatever, um, you may find that, you know, you're driving on the highway or something and it breaks down or you have a flat tire and it's because you didn't do the upkeep and the maintenance that requires the car to be performing at its full potential, right? And usually those breakdowns happen when you least expect it, when it's most inconvenient. And then, you know, you have to call the towing company and then you have to like do all of these things that are just so last minute and so draining when if you had just took the time to upkeep it um, on a regular schedule, it would uh, you could have avoided that um, accident ha happening. So it's kind of like that. I think that's a, a good way to think about it. You know, you, you can put things off for, for so long um, and you can put things off um, only for so long until it kind of hits you in the face and you realize, oh, like maybe I should have uh, uh, taken some more time to focus on that. And um, I think that self-care shouldn't just be an escape. You know, you're not running away from your problems or ignoring that it's there. I think that's also another misconception is that self-care is just something as, as a, something that people use just as a distraction, right? We practice so that we have enough strength to confront our problems effectively so that you can be emotionally equipped to handle things as they come up instead of bottling, bottling things up for a really long time and then maybe some small thing happens and then you're like, oh my God, like my life is over. Everything is just happening all at once. When no, really it was a progression of things that you kind of kept to yourself or that you've kind of neglected and something small happens that kind of triggers all of that to come crashing down. Um, yeah, I think that um, another thing is that, uh, you know, we pay so much attention to what goes wrong in our world um, we don't really notice when things are going right. And there's a lot of evolutionary and biological reasons for why we focus on the negative, right? It's to protect ourselves and to make sure that we don't put ourselves in those kinds of situations again. Um, but it's important to be mindful of the present and um, do, you know, even small little things that can help, um, help you appreciate what you have in that moment. And I think that also um, another misconception is self-care isn't just, you know, eating healthy and working out. I hear a lot of my friends or people that I work with in a mental health say, oh, you know, like I eat healthy, I work out, like that's my self-care. But really... Sounds familiar. <laughs> really, um, really those are 
fundamental activities that you should already be doing in order to be at your fullest potential, a full functioning human being. So um, something that I learned through therapy and my classes is that self you have to think of self-care as something extra, right? Something that you have to make the time for and add onto your routine. Um, something new and exciting, like uh, what Eben said, you know, trying out new hobbies and interests. And that doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of money. That doesn't mean that you have to, I know that right now with quarantine, we can't really go and do a lot of things um, outside. But I think my message is that try to think of self-care as something that um, you can add on to your routine, not something that should already be a part of it. So you said that um, eating healthily and working out is should already be part of your normal routine and cannot be viewed or is not the same as self-care or self-love. But one of our listeners asked if that can be for some people, because I as well can imagine that working out can feel like uh, self-care as well, because you're taking care of your body. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I think that we're all at different levels of what self-care and self-love means for us. So I think that in the beginning, um, if eating healthy and working out is already a lot for you to, you know, um, schedule out time to do, or that's still something that you're trying to work on, then absolutely, you know, um, self-care and self-love has different definitions for everyone. So if that's like the most that you can do right now, the most that you have the emotional energy or time for, then I think that's a great first step. Um, but I think that once that becomes part of your routine, um, it's good to kind of explore what else is out there. You know, don't just stop there, kind of expand on what else you can do um, once it already becomes part of your routine. So I guess to answer your question, you know, if eating healthy and working out is not really something that you do on a regular basis and you feel like doing that is your form of self-care, then yeah, absolutely. And I think that once you kind of level up, you know, it's kind of like a game, right? Once you level up and if that becomes um, something natural to you, something that you just do along with, you know, brushing your teeth and showering, after that, you can start looking into other ways that you can um, do self-care. So it, it really comes down to what you feel like is best for you. You know, like I can recommend and suggest things, but um, maybe you're not into skincare, maybe you're not into meditation, right? So it just really comes down to um, what fits you and your schedule best. Yeah, and for those of you who still have no idea what self-care or self-love could actually look like in activities, we will name some of them later on in this episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, are there also some uh, physical uh, benefits to practicing self-love regularly? Yeah, so um, self-care really helps. Uh, for This is like a, on a biological uh, stance, but self-care can help reestablish balance to the parasympathetic nervous system, um, and it helps manage the way you respond and react to stress, right? So I'm going back to uh, what I said earlier about how it can help you um, be emotionally equipped to handle things as they come up instead of feeling super overwhelmed and drained when situations happened. So the uh, parasympathetic nervous system is in charge for, you know, rest, digestion, repairing and healing. And actually, it's been proven that with um, regular self-care, you know, regular attention to kind of like honing in on what you've been neglecting with your body, it can improve your immunity and resistance to disease. So there are lots of benefits to practicing self-love, but that's just one of them. Uh, practicing self-love is something that you do for yourself and automatically it would really like reduce stress and it will improve both your physical and emotional health since it's something that you do for yourself and you're taking time for something to do for yourself slowly and really just going through it and not thinking about anything else and this results this will result in you like your brain feeling more positive and you feeling more, you will feel less burnt out and you will feel less overwhelmed in general. So it's really, really great for your mental health in general. Yeah, as I said before, um, for me, mental health now has mostly been focused, or sorry, self-care has mostly been focused on my mental health and how I deal with my own emotions. 
so um yeah i have the feeling that when i focus on for example meditation and mindfulness i feel like i uh, can recognize my own emotions uh, better for example when i am stressed so i can really feel in my body and in the way i'm thinking or handling things uh, that i am stressed and i need to wind down and take some time for myself um, and it has also helped me tremendously uh, what i've done at least uh, for my uh, self-esteem and my confidence now that i am more uh, how do you say this in tune with my own uh, emotions i feel like i better understand myself and also know when i need to take a step back or why i'm feeling what i'm feeling which makes me feel like i'm yeah more mature maybe in my emotions it really helps me to just get into why i'm feeling the way i feel um and deal with all the emotions better as well right and you know there's a saying that you can't pour from an empty cup so when your emotional and mental well-being is already at its lowest you know there's only so much that you can take on and a lot of people say you know oh i don't have time for self-care i'm already so busy i don't really need it but actually when you you know just take 20 minutes um, a week to do self-care or however however many um however much time you need to to take care of that it can increase your productivity right and it allows you to just live your life at your fullest potential live a more mindful life be more present for others and you know you can't be there for others if you're not there for yourself right it's very cliche but it does allow you to be a better friend um, and also be a little bit more kinder and understanding to yourself that's such a beautiful message jess uh, we talked a bit about um, that it can be quite controversial and that some people might feel like um, they don't have the time or they don't feel like they deserve it because they are so busy with other things and don't feel like this is their top priority. But of course, you think the opposite of this, yes, don't you? Yes, I, I really do. <laughs> um, let's see. I think that, you know, when we really ask ourselves, why do you deserve to love yourself? You know, why do I deserve to take this time to uh, do this thing that I don't really feel like I need, right? Um, I think you have to remember that self-care is really saying to yourself, hey, like in this moment, you are enough, right? Um, almost kind of like seeing yourself through someone else's eyes. Um, uh feel like I had something to say about this, but then I forgot. But um, it's kind of like, you know, when you view your friends and when you look at people that you really love and care for um, and, you know, they say, thing, they say things about themselves where it's like, oh, like, I don't feel like I'm enough. Like, I don't feel like I'm good enough for this. And you really want to tell your friend like, hey, um, you're enough for me. But that's something that's not something that we say to ourselves. Right. And I almost wish that some of my friends or some people in my life could see the way that uh could see themselves in the way that I see them, right? Um, because I know that um, all of my friends and uh, the people that I really care about in my life are so deserving of um, their own love, but they don't really give it to themselves. Um, I think that's why self-care can feel like a chore in the beginning or why it feels kind of selfish or indulgent. But I promise you, you know, you're going to feel the benefits afterwards. It's worth it in the long run. And to give you a personal antidote, like the other week, um, I was feeling really, really stressed. And I took the time to like, just do like a bath, light a candle, you know, something really small. And I remember as I was running the water for the bath, Aww. I was like, man, this is really taking a long time. I feel like I should be doing an assignment or working or something right now. And I was like, maybe I should just go do that. But I was like, no, like I haven't done something for myself. Uh, in so long that I really need to do this. And I remember afterwards, like after I had um, like the bath or the skincare or whatever, I was like, huh, that was really nice. Maybe I should do it more. So it really is. Exactly. <laughs> it really is like a training a muscle, right? In the beginning, it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, this is so much work. But, you know, you deserve to give your, to yourself the same energy you give to others. You deserve to take up space. And, um, you can't keep abandoning yourself for the comfort of others, you know, for external validation and expect to, you know, kind of walk align walk in alignment with your purpose, with um, staying true to your values. It's easy to kind of get caught up in others and what other people think of you or say about you if you don't really 
um, kind of take the time to figure out your own uh, personal agenda, your own personal thoughts. Um, and, you know, if you don't stand up for yourself, if you don't stand up for something, which in this case is yourself, you know, you'll fall for anything and your identity shouldn't be caught up in how others treat you. It should be in how, you know, you treat yourself. So, you know, protect your peace, do things that make yourself feel good, even if in the moment it feels indulgent. Honestly, Jess, I think you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> you have all the quotes and all the right answers, I feel. And it's it's great. It's it's so lovely to have you on here. Don't worry, guys, she's not going yet. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the ways I like to think of it is if one of my friends would be sad or heartbroken, what would I advise them to do? And then apply that to what I should do for myself as well. Not even when I am heartbroken, but just when I should take some time for myself, I try to think of what I would advise others to do. And that really helps me to come to what I actually need as well. So um, we've talked a lot about self-love, self-care, have given some examples, but let's just uh, name a couple more so that you have an idea of what could really be something that might help you. Of course, not everything that we will tell you uh, will fit your desires, but yeah, just to give you an idea of what could be self-love or self-care. Elin, want to start? Oh, yes. I have... Actually, I have an example that I'm currently doing right now that I haven't talked about yet. Um, journaling. I've started it this year since I've been really, really bad at uh, knowing whatever I'm doing all day. So, but basically, like, reading, writing journaling listening to music anything that will like slow down the day and just feel like you are doing it for yourself is great for like practicing your own self-love i'm doing the journal yes like because i'm writing down everything that i feel like i need to write down in order for myself to feel better and etc and it's really Seeing your thoughts be put on paper is different than, than just hearing it in your inside your head. So it's really, really nice to just do journaling. And then you have reading. You can read like books or you can read like if you really enjoy reading and you're like an introvert, maybe you really find joy in reading and joy is directly translated into yourself. So doing something that makes you happy also progress is your self-love yeah for me uh the journaling also is really something that i enjoy doing but um yeah once again i just realized now i told myself i don't have the time for it but yeah i really should just make the time because i like being creative so as well uh as journaling i also really like painting and watercoloring stuff like that just something to uh get your mind off of everything else and be creative and create something you might know this from uh, the sweaters I create and the uh, watercolor cards that I make um, but as some of you might know as well for me the social aspect so actually uh, hanging out with friends or doing some sports with friends or going on a walk really is something that I feel is uh, self-care for me because I feel like I can then let out all the uh, thoughts and ideas that I have and get really into my own uh, yeah, emotions. So for me, a social aspect, and for some of you probably as well, can really be self-care as well. Yes, some more thoughts? Yeah, um, I think that all of the things you guys said are great examples of uh, practicing self-love. You know, um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. But really, it begins with just investing in hobbies and interests that you've already had. And maybe they're things that uh, you just haven't had the chance to revisit in a while. I know that for me during quarantine, uh, I cooked and baked a lot. Um, I bought a bunch of plants and became a plant mom. So just kind of uh, figuring out, you know, hey, maybe some, what's something that I haven't done in a while that I would really enjoy uh, doing again. And um, I also wanted to touch a little bit on, you know, meditation, yoga, you know, being active. So, um, you know, working out fitness, I know that a lot of you guys say like, that's your way of doing self care. And those are great. Um, I also wanted to touch a little bit on like breathing exercises. Um, I know that uh, a lot of times you don't have the time to uh, like, I think that what's really intimidating when you're first getting into self care is 
blotting out that time and um, scheduling it out. But, you know, even breathing exercises is something, there's something that you can do in the moment that can help ease your mind and make you feel like you have more control of the situation. And uh, something that I learned through uh, a yoga program that I was doing is the four, seven, eight method, where you inhale for four seconds, you know, you count those seconds in your head, and you hold it for seven seconds, and you exhale for eight. And sometimes when I'm like, uh, really anxious, you know, like maybe before taking a test or before I have an interview with someone, I just kind of do that um, to myself and be like, hey, like you're in control and it's going to be okay. Um, you know, when you have anxiety or stress in your life, um, one of the ways your body responds is with muscle tension. And your body can tell when you're stressed before you even fully register what's happening, right? There's a saying that the body remembers. Um, and another kind of like breathing muscle technique that I want to touch on is progressive muscle relaxation, um, PMR for short. I feel like this is not talked about enough. Um, and I feel like it gives you uh, kind of like a similar effect to meditation or yoga. But basically, what it does is you'll tense up um, certain areas of your body. So you'll start with like your face muscles and then your back, and then your arms, and uh, your thighs, and your legs, and you'll tense them up at 100%, so as fully as you can, and then um, you'll inhale as you tense, and then you'll exhale as you release, and you'll focus on... I'm actually trying it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can try it right now, where um, you can like tense your hands into fists, right? Do it at 100%, and inhale as you do that, and then... Um, hold it for five seconds and then release. And as you release, you exhale and just focus on what it feels like um, when your muscles are tense versus when they're not. And then you do it again at 50% and at 5%. And then after all of that, um, you'll do it at 0%. So you'll just kind of like take the time to be conscious of what your body feels like when nothing is tense. And there's a lot of YouTube videos actually that can... Um, guide you through that I feel like when you're first getting into it it can be really hard just doing it on your own but definitely check out um, YouTube there's a bunch of um, PMR exercises that you can do but um, whenever I'm feeling super super stressed or just like whenever I feel like there's a lot going on in my life I like doing that at the end of the day and if you do it right it makes you so sleepy afterwards like if I have trouble sleeping I'm yawning <laughs> I do it and I'm like all right I'm ready to go to sleep now but um it's you do it with your entire body so it's almost like a, a full body scan and um I don't know about you guys but for me I um tense up my back muscles um, especially whenever oh, I'm, yeah, I'm stressed and I know a lot of people have, um, tension in their jaw or in their just like, um, facial area. Um, but I never realized like how tense my body was until I did that exercise. Um, and I was like, wow, no wonder I'm so like, uh, stressed because my body is in this like tense mode in this kind of like fight or flight mode whenever I'm feeling really overwhelmed. So I think that um, that's just a, an exercise that you can do um, without having to go anywhere or do anything. You know, I, there, I think there's a lot of resources that are out there that you don't have to um, spend money on or go out and do anything. But yeah, that's just one of them. That's great, Jess. Once again, you should really be a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, how about the, the skincare, for example? Yeah, so I think that... Um, Taking care of your hygiene is a really great way of doing self-care. I know that a lot of times whenever, uh, like final season, for example, um, you know, it can be just like you just kind of forget, you know, to take care of those things. So skincare, having a spa day, as you said, um, taking a bath or just a long hot shower. I know that, um, Anna, you really like uh, your favorite your favorite shower gels and that's something that you do uh, regularly. Yeah. So yep. just having rituals, um, even something like painting your nails or just like something small. Um, and I think that uh, it also taking a break from social media, you know, whenever you're doing these self-care activities, it kind of forces you to step away from 
being on online um, a little bit. Um, and it just allows you to kind of unplug and spend more time with yourself or with people who enjoy your authentic self, right? Um, people that make you feel good and happy and all of those positive things. Yeah, and one of the things that um, Eileen, maybe you are even actually doing right now with journaling um, is starting your day with thinking of or writing down three things that you love about yourself before you actually start the day. Because in that way, you are already starting with a positive mindset, with some love for yourself, and it will probably help you to get uh, into the day with a lot more confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I have an example that we didn't write down is that I do this once in a while just because I feel like it's necessary for me. So basically, I just I look in my mirror and I look at all of those insecurities that I have. Unfortunately, a lot of people have insecurities, but it's fine because they're part of your body. So I look at my insecurities and then I make sure to really look at them like one by one by one by one. And then I look at myself like as a whole person. It's like, would you be the person that you are today without all of these insecurities, without all of the things that you're doing? And even though you have all of this and doing like, and even though you maybe you don't like that and you don't like this, you only live for a short while. So what's the problem with having for example, broad shoulders when you you look so majestic or something. I just like compliment my insecurities when looking in the mirror. It's like, oh damn, the those shoulders, bruh. Oh or something. It's it sounds a bit cheesy. Uh-huh. Yeah, but in the end No, but it's a good You're thing. training your brain to love your the insecurities that you have. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good thing. And it's something that we should probably all do more. We should tell ourselves more uh, how beautiful we are and what our great qualities are, actually. Um, Okay, so I'm one of the people that, as I just admitted, is not really into the routine of practicing self-love. So how can I and how can all other people that aren't doing it right now get started? Jess, please tell us, how do we get started? Yeah, I think that we kind of touched on it um, a little bit throughout this podcast, but really, you know, just do one activity or hobby that you normally wouldn't do, something that's kind of like outside of your daily routine, even if it's just like once a week or bi-weekly, if that's um, more manageable for you on your own time, just try something new, you know, schedule it, um, make sure it's just for you. And again, even if it feels selfish, you know, that's kind of the whole point is doing something that only benefits you in that moment. And I think, um, you know, keep in mind that it doesn't have to be time consuming, physically draining or expensive, you know, just start off small, um, something that takes like 10 or 20 minutes can still be considered self-care. And um, something that I wanted to make a point of is that for anyone that thinks that they don't have the time for self-care, go into your settings in your phone right now and check your screen time. Uh, Because while I was looking up stuff for this podcast, I saw that, um, at least in the United States, people spend about two hours um, on social media every day. That's so much. Yeah, it's a lot. But I remember during quarantine, um, I like looked at my screen time, like it gives you reminders every week of how much time you spend on your phone. And Oh, yeah, I turned that off. <laughs> oh, mine, wa- mine was so embarrassing. I was like, oh, my God, like, do I really spend that much of my life just scrolling through social media? And, you know, you really ask yourself, what do you get out of that? Right? Like, yeah, you can stay connected with your friends. But, you know, do you really feel like that's time that's um, like really benefiting you? I just mindlessly scrolling, not really thinking about uh, what's going on. And I mean, like, I think... Um, That's a whole nother conversation for another time, but that's just uh, my way of saying, you know, if you have time to be on social media and that kind of thing, then you definitely have time to spend like just 20, 30 minutes a week to do one small thing for yourself. Yeah, here in Sweden, our estimated like general hours per day is 3.5 hours per day. (laughs) Holy, wow. Yeah, 
we we do oh my gosh yeah but sweden to my defense is a technology like we work with technology like 24 7 so i guess i mean that's why one reason but still 3.5 hours damn i just uh looked it up and the dutch uh, average is at two hours and 15 minutes so similar to the us oh wow that's crazy right just thinking about that yeah and then saying that you don't have time that's uh, not really a legit reason then or a legit excuse. Yeah, you don't have time to do the Chloe workout because you've been scrolling on Instagram for two hours. Honey. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, we have a lot of resources and a lot of uh, Instagram accounts and also some books that we can recommend you to read. But we will write that down in the in the chat later on and also... Uh, in the description of the podcast ourselves so you can all look those up because um, I follow some of them and they really help me every day to remind myself to uh, practice self-love and to uh, yeah take time for myself right and then I think it's a good thing if we uh, do some questions first and then we will end the podcast um Elin, can you pick the first question yes so where does one draw the line between self-love and narcissism? What do you think? Ooh, Jess? Yeah, I think that we kind of touched on this a little bit where I think that narcissism stems from the idea that you're omnipotent in the sense that you're flawless and that you can do no wrong and, um, you know, really, really kind of like I'm perfect and there's nothing that I can do to improve on me. I'm like, I'm, I can do everything um, and not make any mistakes. Whereas I think with self-love, it's more um, being honest with your weaknesses and your strengths and understanding that it's just part of what makes us human. Right. And understanding that even um, with those uh, weaknesses or things that you're insecure about, you're still deserving of that love. Um, I think that in our society, we tend to focus on our bad or negative characteristics more, but people aren't, like with some exceptions, of course, people aren't inherently all good or all bad. So I think that with narcissism, it's thinking that, oh, like we're perfect, you know, um, everything about ourselves is, is great. But really, you know, humans are complex. We're multidimensional beings and, um, we're not perfect, so we shouldn't deny the negative things about ourselves. Self-care is really about nurturing and validating yourself, both the good and the bad, and accepting and growing from them so you can learn how to step away from, you know, thinking that, oh, you know, if I do this one great thing, it means that I'm like so perfect. Or if I do this one bad thing, it means I'm the worst person ever. So I think that that's where the difference lies is how you view yourself and also how you approach your your insecurities or shortcomings. Great answer, Jess. And I don't think there's much to add to it. So let's move on to the next question. Um, there are many times where we get a fork in the road of having to choose your needs versus uh, from people close to you, aka putting yourself first or someone else you're close to first. Do we choose ourselves or the other? Right. Um, you know, uh, to answer this question, I like to think of the saying where you have to choose yourself or you're going to lose yourself. Right. Um, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, where you can't really be there for others, at least not fully, if you're not doing that for yourself. And actually, when you take the time to um, kind of redefine boundaries and say like, hey, um, I really need this time just for me. And I really need to kind of um, focus that energy on myself. And then like maybe later on, I can be present for you. I think that if you're, if it's, if it's a good friend, if it's somebody that truly and genuinely cares about you, you know, like they'll understand. They'll understand that like, hey, you need this kind of like me time to figure out um, what's best for you. And then you can be there for them later on. I don't think that it's like an, an all or nothing where if you choose yourself, that means that, um, you're a bad friend or that you're, you're not there for others when in actuality, when you take more time to be there for yourself, that means that you have more energy and more, um, space to hold for others. 
Yeah, it's like the oxygen mask uh, analogy, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like uh, when you're on the airplane and uh, and you have to put on your, your oxygen mask, they will always tell you first put your uh, the one for yourself on before you help others because, well, if you lose your own oxygen, then you'll probably be <laughs> knocked out and don't even... Uh, have the ability to help other people. So I think it's the same with self-care. You cannot help others unless you uh, have helped yourself first. That's a great analogy, Anna. Thank you. Yeah, that would be... I know, right? <laughs> so Jess, do you want to choose a question? Yes, let me go ahead and look. I think um, one question is, what do you think of going on dates with yourself and having fun by yourself? Um, I did this a lot in college, <laughs> right? I think that for me, college was the first time where I was really like away from everybody that I knew. And I remember my freshman year, I ate at the dining hall every day by myself for pretty much the entire year. And it really taught me that um, spending time with yourself can be a really good thing. You know, like, um, I, uh, I don't know how I want to word this. It's kind of like the longest relationship that you're ever going to have is with yourself right? You come into this world alone and you also leave it alone, uh, which can sound a little bit depressing, but the way that I like to think of it is that um, your relationship with yourself is also something that you have to cultivate, just like a relationship with a significant other or with a friend or a family member. Um, you have to learn how to spend time on your own and be okay with uh, doing things at your own time, at your own pace. Um, being alone does not equate to feeling lonely. And I think that that's something that um, is, it takes time to kind of uh, learn how to do that. Um, and I think that when you learn how to do things on your own and when you, um, where it's like, when you're taking the time to do things on your own, you start to gain a greater sense of appreciation for yourself, right? Um, I feel like college really taught me that I like spending time alone and I would rather be alone than in bad company. I would rather um, be in my own space, in my own peace than be around people that don't make me feel good about myself. Right. Um, so I think it just comes down to um, self-appreciation again with the self-love and understanding that just because you're alone doesn't mean that you have to feel lonely. So this is a little bit of a tangent of the question, but yeah, yeah I a hundred percent advocate um, doing things on your own. Like I definitely did a lot of that um, during my first year of college and it really helped build up my identity, my sense of self-worth. And it also helped me choose better friends, honestly, because I realized that, hey, I would rather like chill and have a good time being by myself than being around this friend that is not very nice to me or not very great to me. So it also helps to become a little bit more selective with who you choose to surround yourself with. Yeah, I actually had quite a similar experience to you, I think. Um, before I went to university, I was a bit, um, yeah, a bit down, a bit insecure. So I went to a therapist as well. And she told me, because I was really afraid to go to college and not know anyone there, I was afraid I would end up really lonely and not making any friends. And what she told me is, um, have you ever really looked at the word uh, alone? Uh, it's, it's similar in Dutch, so I think it will work in English as well. Alone actually exists of two words, and those are all one. Uh, and we, what she wanted to say with that is, uh, we are all alone and we are all one. So we are all experiencing the same thing. Uh, we are all on this uh, world on our own, experience the things only we experience, yet we are all doing this together. And you never actually are 100% alone because you know the people around you are going through the same thing. Um, and that really helped me. It really made me realize that, indeed, I am never actually alone. We are all uh, together doing this. And she also um, told me to go on a trip, on a holiday by myself. I always wanted to do that, but never had the strength to actually go do it. But uh, the day after, I actually booked a ticket to Prague uh, and went there for three days. And those were like the best three days of my life, even <laughs> sort of. Uh, because I spent them by myself and I could just tell myself where I wanted to go, didn't have to discuss anything with anyone and could really just be with my own thoughts, wandering through the cities. And 
I could really recommend that to anyone, especially if you are scared of being alone, just try it. And if it's really uh, not your cup of tea, then you can try find some people. I went to a hostel. There were a lot of other people there, like-minded people who were also alone. <laughs> and if you want to find people, you sure can. But it was just great to be there and uh, do everything by myself and realize that I am glad and happy to be on my own as well yeah exactly it's just as you like mentioned like when you are doing something new or going some somewhere new you tend to get like very insecure because it's an it's very unfamiliar you're not familiar with the, the place you're not familiar with the people but in order to overcome this you have to overcome your fear like you have to face your fear in order to overcome it I mean when I started college I had I knew no one um, it was really frightening but I mean I went to it and now I'm really good friends with everyone in my class really really tight so you just need to start you just need to start and see where it goes does it go up does it go is it go, does it go very positively then you gain something if it goes very negatively then you gain experience so in the end you Right. something yes that's great yeah um it's kind of like every experience is either a blessing or a lesson right you you, you can always oh yeah. nice you can one. always gain something out of it so it just really depends on your mindset and how you view things it's a blessing yes yes and um something i want to add in real quick i know that we didn't really touch on this too much but um Kind of like what Anna said, if you're not really sure like where to begin for self-care or you really struggle with the idea of self-love, therapy is a really, really great option. Um, I know that there's still a lot of stigma behind, you know, seeing a therapist or getting professional help. But, you know, I've been to therapy many, many times and it's really helped. Um, it's really helped me in, in many ways. And I know that a lot of people think, oh, you know, how is it different from just like talking about it with my friends or with my family? But you have to remember that, um, you know, therapists and medical professionals, they have training to kind of really hone in on um, what you're what, what you want to talk about and how you can best like uh, kind of like reframe your mindset. So if you are even just thinking about, um, you know, going to therapy or if you think that it would be something that really benefits you, I highly, highly encourage it because um, honestly, people that go to therapy, they do it because other people in their life won't go to therapy. So uh, it it really, it really is um, a great resource that I think anyone could benefit from. You don't have to necessarily be going through something or feel like, uh, you know, you have problems or whatever. I think that it's something anyone could benefit from. Yes, I just said it in the text as well. <laughs> a therapist is like a personalized podcast. It really is. So you can, of course, listen to us and you get general uh, tips and, and knowledge. But yeah, the therapist can really help you with your own personal problems. They'll probably understand where you are coming from and why you are the way you are a lot better and can give you um, cut out advice that helps you. Right. And I know that um, therapy can be quite expensive and it's not something everybody can afford. Um, but something I would recommend is, okay, if you're a student and you're in like a university, most of the time they have therapists for you. Um, I think that's like a law in the U S actually, that they have to have some kind of counselor or therapist for mental health and it should be included yes, in your do. tuition. And if you're not, um, I would go ahead and, um, call the therapists around your area and ask if you can get a sliding scale fee. So basically what it does is um, some therapists, you know, most therapists that go into the mental health field, they understand that it's very costly. And so some will offer a sliding scale fee where um, they base it on your income. And a lot of times um, psychologists or therapists also have interns um, who are qualified, like they have degrees and stuff. They're not just like um, an undergrad student or something, but that's an option that I have pursued in the past too, where I've... Um, like worked with um, a therapist like intern and they've still given me like great advice and things like that and at a much more affordable rate. So it really just depends on what's available in your area. But um, I just wanted to emphasize, you know, don't let the cost deter you because um, if the therapist is like really in it for 
bettering better health of people if you kind of open up to them and let them know your financial struggles, especially if you're young, like if you're in your 20s or something, most of the time they're willing to work with you and to figure out a more affordable option. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jess. So should we end off with another question? Yeah, I think uh, as we've been going for quite a while, it's it's probably better to uh, wrap it up now yeah, exactly. because we've been talking for over an hour. Yeah. So, so uh, I know you still have some things you want to say to end this episode with, Jess. So first, once again, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, joining our podcast this week. You are really a very talented motivational speaker. <laughs> and I really appreciate uh, you taking all this time to research and uh, give us such a thoughtful, yeah, little lecture, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be on your crisis podcast. This is so much fun. Um, I wanted to end the podcast with some quick positive affirmations um, in case no one has told you uh, this today, but I just want to let everybody know who's listening that, you know, you are enough for the people who love you and you don't have to question the good things that come into your life. You're deserving of them. So don't let overthinking rob you of being fully present and trusting and experiencing the things that life is gifting for you. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think that we all deserve comfort, safety, and peace. So do what gives you peace and, you know, protect your own um, happiness and health. Yes. So as we said before, we will put all the references and recommendations that we have in the end message in the podcast general chat. And thanks again, Jess, for joining us. It was really fun to talk with you, really educational. And uh, looking forward to see you all next time. Bye. Yes, thank you for listening, guys. See you next time. And don't forget to tell yourself that you love yourself. Bye. Have a good week, everyone. Just in case you weren't here at the start, this podcast is primarily based on our opinions and experiences. If you do have questions about your health or your fitness journey, please consult a health professional and we will see you next time.